everybody, and welcome to As the Pen Turns. Here we are. My name is Brad from the Mythic Pen Company. We're here with episode 30 of everybody's favorite pen-making podcast. I'm here with my co-host, as usual. Jason with Jason and Neil Penmarks. <laughs> and I'm Jonathan with the Carolina Pen Company. I'm still putting the other one in there. It, yeah, either oh, way, yeah. No, we definitely way. have to put the, either put way. the first we'll one in. Put it at the end, you know. Yeah. So here we are, everybody, with episode 30. It's an even-numbered episode. That means we do have a special guest with us here tonight. Um, we're going to get with our normal catching up first, and then we'll introduce our special guest at that special time. So what's been going on with you, fellers? Oh, Jason, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Dude, I hear the bus driving by. He's going to throw you all <laughs> up under it. Like both. both I'm actions. fully anticipating it. That's what I get for thinking I was just making innocent posts. So so do you want Jonathan to tell everybody what's new with Jason Neal Penworks? Sure. Why not? (laughs) Why not? So as our uh, uh, good friend of the show, Caroline, uh, graciously pointed out that the uh, Jason Miller, uh, Jason Neal Penworks, excuse me, is now. At least get my name right. I know. Right. Well, I was going to go with I was about to throw out the the email (laughs) because I'm so used to that one. Right. Um, but, uh, Jason Neal Pinnaberks is about to become a multifaceted shop multifaceted with the introduction shop. of resin casting. Yeah. Tell us about I mean, that, dude. Yeah. Jason, tell us about more. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my primary goal was. You're all about putting it on Instagram, but you don't want to talk about it. Come on. Yeah, prime, primary goal. <laughs> I like it. Somebody told me to stay in my lane. So. That's right. Cause that bus has got to back up. Yep. Once Jason, oh man, he'll probably talk to us about this. I don't know. He may be. Oh my goodness! Just wanted to challenge myself. My goodness. Yeah, you're gonna get a challenge, all right? Oh, down the gauntlet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, the floor is yours, my man. Yeah, it's yours. I bought a pressure pot. I don't see what the big deal is. That's the natural progression, isn't it? It is. It really, it really is. Um, Thank you. It, it, it's, it's, it's cool to see um, you're, you're progressing as a pen maker. You are, uh, yeah. you yeah, know, one of the, the steps of making your own pens. And then the next step is going to be, you know, casting your own resins. Then you're going to get a laser and you're going to start engraving nibs. Um, and then the next thing in line will probably be coloring your hair, all kind of weird stuff. Right. <laughs> yep no that's too far that might be the primary function of that would be a bridge, oh my goodness a bridge too far. you know no no manipulation <clears throat> tactics just you know pure primary goals <laughs> and efforts oh my goodness so uh no but I think you're it's welcome really cool. for providing all of this wonderfully entertaining content <laughs> this is content buddy it's content so but jason no it is super cool dude um you're venturing into the world of material casting so um well, to be fair the reason i did it is because there's some materials that aren't made anymore that i think would look good on my tucker 48 okay so i was like well and i know the maker who doesn't make them anymore what is that pastel primary <laughs> <laughs> Send me a message on Instagram. No. <laughs> if you'd like some pastel primary, I know where to get it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, Jason, what yeah, what what is your your goal with the uh, the casting things like that? I want to create some materials that have a lot of uh, ribboning and stuff through them that would look good on the forty eight. Okay, because it's that eyedropper and. Uh, <clears throat> 
just kind of play around with it. I've been looking for what the next step is for my shop. Um, I eventually want to get into metalwork and clips and stuff. I eventually want to metal lathe, but kind of where I'm at right now, uh, I'm not really ready just time-wise and stuff to commit to all of that. So I think the next step that made more sense was messing around with the materials. Um, I'm going to focus on more block materials so I can play okay. with those patternings and stuff, which means, uh, funny enough, so the chuck that I sold you, Brad, I have to go buy another one now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know it. where you can get one of those. It's slightly used, <laughs> but it's at an affordable price, I guarantee it. <laughs> right. I, I realized I was like, oh, man, I already got rid of it. And now you're going to I think I have a set of square things pin jaws that actually will work so yeah um, and yeah doing the flat style casting is easier when it comes to doing the ribbons and things like that because you don't have to worry about gravity and getting all of the stuff smooshed down into a um, big cylinder yeah it takes up a little bit more resin but yeah it is the easier way to do it as far as controlling how things are going to look so, yeah so that's you, that's the main get- thing i mean i'm not looking to there's still a lot of makers that do really good materials that I want to be able to buy. I'm not looking to try and Aww. replicate anything. Brooks. I didn't hear Brooks come out of his mouth when he was saying that. I just heard a lot of makers. Um, gotta, so gotta keep it non-biased here. Is casting the flat, is casting flat blocks, is that easier to keep consistency with designs? Um, or is it is it less random? I well, I wouldn't know, but I would imagine <laughs> no, because you'd have to use the same gestures and stuff mixing. Yeah, once you've poured them, you'd have to use the same gesture each time, and you're probably not going to get that. Yeah, you're still going to have the uniqueness to it, no matter how how you cast it. Um, yeah, especially if the the ribbon material is a. Is this what you call what I call an embedded pour, where you make the ribbons yeah. one way, mm-hmm. yeah, put them in the mold, and then pour resin on top of it, and you create the the material that way? Then you're never gonna put the the ribbons in the same position mm-hmm. over and over again. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll always be it'll always be in the uniqueness to it of like just like with any handmade product. So that you know that part will still remain which you can uh, have fun with. Yeah. I mean, it just, op- it opens up so many different doors and things like that. But uh, what, uh, what resin are you, do you think you're going to be using? It'll be the aluminum light clear slow. Okay. And then uh, right now I'm just going to work with dyes and stuff. I'm not getting into micas and stuff like that. Cause I just want to focus on the colors. Okay. And play around right. with that. Well, you have a pretty good uh, source for uh, assistance if you need it. <laughs> my, uh, I don't know. I, and my door based is on, always open. Based so. on the comments we were making earlier. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm interested to see what you come up with, dude. I'm going to tread be cool. softly on that one. <laughs> oh, no. I, I was just I think it'll be cool. that. I had, too, I had too much fun with the, the post itself on Instagram. If I'd have really uh, thought about who my audience was, I would have known better. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I saw it, when I was scrolling through Instagram, I saw the picture and I was like, okay, perfect. I didn't even see who made the post at first. And then I was like, <laughs> Jason, the hell's Jason? Like, oh, no. About oh, no. He's like, it's on now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
I was like, there's oh, no man. way I'm just going to stay quiet <laughs> on this one. So I asked for that one. So now that we know what's new with Jason's shop. Uh, yeah, Brad, let me tell you about this new version of eyedropper I'm coming out with. <laughs> yeah. what, what's new with the Carolina <laughs> pin company there, Jonathan? Oh, I've oh, got this new uh, eyedropper that, you know, it's a pretty cool design. I think it's fairly unique. Is it the Carolina 48? <laughs> yes. Called? Yeah. Well, I'm going to call it the lower 48. That way. It's oh. Kind of <laughs> Oh man! But no, the uh, the one you, the the Tucker forty eight you did that that has the primary one uh, on the eyedropper half of it. That one oh yeah, a, that one's really cool looking. I was I'm very impressed with being able to turn that down that far and still see that texture. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like how you said uh, you had the progression photographs of okay, here it is raw, here it is a little bit turned, here it is turned down even further. You know, and you can see the gradation of the, right. the colors and stuff like that. Well, and I like, thought that was important because it, you, know, I'm sure yeah, you still get you. questions of like, how do you, can uh, you all the time give me this particular blank that I saw somebody do, and like, no, I can't. You know, you're you're adding the colors and you're mixing them and you're doing whatever magic you do each time, but you can't control that. Right, My spirit fingers going on. Yeah, um, but I, I thought it was. Because on that particular blank, it started out with a lot of greens and blues and oranges. And then by the time I got down to the, the inside, it was purple, like a purple yeah. blue. It's like, so you can't, you literally cannot control that. And I, I just thought it was a good reminder for people to see that, you know, it's it's a lottery every time you get into that. Yeah, I appreciate um, you putting that out there like that, too, because <clears throat> I do get asked. Very often, it's not like we've all said it a million times, too. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, but- <laughs> you don't know what this is going to look like until you cut it open. You know, well, yeah. the good part about the reason why I get asked so many times is that there are so many new customers and new people getting into it, and they're discovering discovering it for the very first time. Yeah, so that right, you know, it's a question that yeah, it gets a little tedious and having to answer because you do need to show it. But at the same time, it's it's a question I I don't mind getting still. Yeah. Anything for you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So what's going on <laughs> with you, dude? What's going on in Jonathan's world? Uh, not a whole lot. Just the the normal casting, Arushi, pin making, getting ready for traveling, all the above. Right on. Too many hour. Too many hours and not enough time in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah too much to do and not enough time to get it done and i get that definitely. yeah that's, that sounds better than what i said but yeah uh you know coming coming up with snappy retorts for jason and and uh, you spent quite a bit of time on that i that did i actually had was well i actually had to make out, some yeah. notes for this one <laughs> well uh, planned between out. that and you uh congratulations you you're succeeding <laughs> yes I finally learned how to troll somebody. You should probably put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that if you're driving, you should probably pull off to the side of the road <laughs> before you start listening to this. Otherwise, Especially we're going to get some really awkward mail. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Not like that doesn't you do happen pull over, anyway, Pull right? under a bridge. That way, that's where the trolls live. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. How about you, Brad? What you been up to? Um, for the last few days, I've been up to business. Uh, I'm out of town on work right now, uh, like happens every once in a while. Um, but before, I think I finally got back in my shop after the Atlanta show. I was um, 
I made it a rule that I would not step foot in my shop to do anything for a few days <laughs> afterward because you know that the the week or two leading up to it was just chaos. So I went back in, uh, made a couple of pins that I put up on Instagram, the blue lizard skin with some clips just to kind of get back into the, you know, into the mindset a little bit. And I'm back into the fun. You know how it goes every once in a while. Sometimes you get a little, you know, if you're doing show prep, and I know this is only my second time doing show prep, but you're, you're, you're having to crank out so much stuff that it just gets to the, te- the tedious, you know, monotony of just part after part after part. And you need to get back into that frame where you could just have fun with it. And I tell you, making those two lizard pens that I put up uh, the other a few days back, that it was just fun. I had a good time making those. Um, so got back into making a few commissions. I had a couple that I made. I put that, uh, that matte finished Arctic blast with the ink. Yes. Window. I was going to make sure to bring that one up. That oh, one dang. I didn't see that one. That oh, one man, came out. It came out way better than I thought it would. My, I was, I was kind of concerned on how the acrylic would look. Um, if it wouldn't just be so scratchy, there would be no point in using it, you know, but it, I was, I was able to, <laughs> I was about to say I was able to manipulate the sandpaper, um, <laughs> you know, because I do my matte finishes differently than we. I just use straight sandpaper. Go for it. I I I don't use you know other things. I just use the sandpaper and water to try, you know, and then I usually use that that secret chemical right at the end. But this one had acrylic in it, and that chemical does not work well with acrylic. So no, that was my concern. And then I was like, well, maybe I'll tape it off and try it that way. But then, you know, what if the tape doesn't get a good seal, then it's going to ruin it and I'll have to remake it. And the customer's going to have to wait another week or two because I'm going to be out of town. And it was just this whole thought process. So it actually came out pretty well. Um, the, texture, really the texture on the pin, like the hold it is just really, I haven't made a matte finish pin that felt like that yet in hand. Um, it had a really tactile, an oddly tactile uh, feel to it. So yeah. Maybe leave off the secret out. sauce. You know, I mean, hey, different <laughs> things work for different people, right? Um, got that one shipped out. I had a uh, a black Escalus model with lizard skin. So it was, it was the first time I tried to taper lizard skin. Um, and for those of you who have ever used it, if you're lucky enough to have some, call me, I want it. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the big stuff is a 13 millimeter outer diameter. It's like 13.4, 13.5 millimeter outer diameter is about the biggest you can get. Well, the inside is like uh, nine, nine point nine, ten millimeter, because you can thread it with a with an uh, M ten by one die or tap right off the bat. You don't have to drill it typically, unless it's got like a dirt dauber nest inside of it, like some of it that I've got. <laughs> um, yep, you get it from Vince, and sometimes it's got like mud and stuff all in it. But um, oh my gosh! So you're looking at a ten millimeter inner diameter and a thirteen millimeter outer you're you're dealing with a three millimeter difference there so side to side on the pin you're dealing with a millimeter and a half difference so i was kind of concerned about the tapering and it it worked out um and so that was cool so i think i'm going to do some more of those i've got three that i cut up and they're ready to finish i got them made i got one of my aristophanes pocket pin models that i've been making for quite a while now um made up and uh ready to go out to somebody next week hopefully and one of my extra large, not the extra, extra large, but the extra large pins 
ready to go out to somebody as well. So yeah, I'm having fun, man. I'm enjoying, you know, you get back in there and you get, you just like, can't wait to make another pin. And that's what it's all about. That's the best feeling ever when you go into the shop and you're like, I cannot wait to crank the lathe up. Yeah. So, especially yeah. after taking a break, doing a show, you right. get that, that drive back. Finally, it's always good. Yeah. Uh, and it's that artistic creativity, you know, that, that, that creativity, that urge to create something cool and new. Right. Uh, one quick thing that I did forget to mention uh, for me and for Jason is well for Jason first is congrats on your uh, uh, pin world article with the uh, yeah right on oh yeah I was like what is he about uh, to say stuff I don't in Ukraine <laughs> the fundraising and everything yeah that yeah. was pretty cool I'm not yeah, sure you made, you made the magazine I'm not sure who told him <laughs> uh, but we really appreciate because there was I forget now how many one two three four five six including me i think different yeah. makers that kind of all got together in different ways and and uh, put stuff out there to be able to raise money and i think at this point i, I don't remember ben walsh was involved um with gravitas and I, he was doing his a little differently with proceeds from his sales going so i don't actually know his final total but i think we probably pushed 20 grand that's um, close to it. That's cool. That's awesome. And um, that's just, I mean, that's a grassroots kind of like, let's do something. Let's figure something out. And right. It was just kind of like, wow. So I'm actually really glad um, Pinworld was going to just feature me. And I was like, well, there's like six, seven other makers. And so I went in and gave them all that information. And I'm really grateful they interviewed all of them and put them all in there. Yeah. Um, cause it wasn't just me. I mean, I'm, I'm just a dude who felt like he needed to do something and that's what I can do. And you know, it wasn't much you know, compared to what's going on, but, um, to be able to see everyone involved, get recognition and there's still other people doing it still. Oh um, yeah. It's pretty cool. It's cool, man. So, yeah. yeah. Good on you. It's good stuff. That. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, Makes what I'm going to say sound petty now because <laughs> I was talking about myself. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone. Well, I, I totally forgot about it. I'm glad you brought it up to be able to share it with everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. I saw the uh, uh, little preview of it online. And then I got notification that I was nominated for not just one, but two uh, Reader's Choice Awards this year. That's really nice. cool. Nice. So I, I was kind of shocked at that one because. You know, I've been nominated for Best Artist in Pen for the last four or five years in a row now. Mm-hmm. So that's always been a big, you know, honor and everything. I was lucky enough to win it in 2020. And now I've been nominated in uh, Best Urushi Art category oh, as well. Wow. Which is kind of, which is awesome. And like to just to be in that, that category alone, right? It yeah. is, is, you know amazing but what i always you know i personally get a chuckle out of this is because when i won the best artisan category a couple years ago i won it with an arushi pen (laughs) (laughs) but it wasn't in the arushi category and now i'm in both yeah so that part's got me uh, excited just to you know i have no idea who who else was nominated so i'm excited to see who it wasn't me up against (laughs) 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 no no, no, he could have been. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> well, you, they don't tell you until 
you're it. <laughs> that's the one. That's yeah, it seems to come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You right, just randomly right. get an email one day, and it's like, oh, I didn't even know well, I was in the cool. running. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, you don't know that you're even up for consideration. Interesting. Yeah. So that part's cool. Well, congrats on that, Very man. That's nice. cool. That's super cool. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, like I said, what, it pales in comparison to the things Jason's been doing. So, you know, I say congrats to Jason more than anybody. Well, congrats well, to you both. Thank you. Both doing thank some you. outstanding work. It we feels try. weird shifting gears at this point, though, you know. Um, like now, what do we say? <laughs> well, we, we, I, think, we, I think it's a good segue time. Yes, Ooh. tonight is. This is episode, episode 30. Man, 30 episodes. Um, we have duped the public into That's listening wild. to us through 30 episodes. That's outstanding. Um, so Technically more that, than that. But, yeah. I was well, going to say, 30, with the special ones, you're probably 35, 32, 36. 33, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, um, we, had, we had a couple under the radar special edition. That's right. So it's. That's right. Um, so tonight we have a special guest with us here, our interviewee, if you would like to uh, call him that. The names keep swapping in the participants box. I'm trying to unmute <laughs> one person, but they keep jumping around. It's like chasing something. All right. So as everybody knows, this is episode 30, right? An even numbered episode. That means we have an interview. So we have a special guest with us here tonight. Tonight with us. We have Jake Pulaski from the Mad Science Pen Company joining us for an interview for the fun, for the frivolity that is as the pen turns when we have a guest with us here. Jake, how's it going, man? It's going really good. Outstanding. Welcome. Having some Welcome. having some uh, less than fun weather up there from what I'm from over there from what I'm hearing. Yeah, we, yeah, we've got some storms rolling in, so uh, it's always fun with the electric. Hmm. electronic devices and things it seems like where i live anytime even the wind blows my internet goes down <laughs> um a light rain yeah. anything like that it goes down so oh, all right so what we like to do here on as the pen turns is on our interview episodes we have a period about an hour beforehand before we start recording we invite our members into a live members q a session and we choose one member to ask our guest a question and it's, it's usually the first question we had a very tough decision this evening on deciding who it was going to be. And, um, Aaron, you just out. missed out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just missed out. Um, and we're going to go to our member now and let them ask their question. Uh, John Tello is joining us tonight to ask our first question to our special guest this evening. So John, tell us who you are, where you're from, and then ask away. My name is John Tello. I'm from, Hello, Tello Studio Pen Company, um, and I'm here asking the first question. So what was the inspiration of Mad Science Pen Company? Uh, well, uh, my pen making experience, uh, I guess, really came about during um, the pandemic. And um, I was working through that and uh, during that time i you know i was uh, pretty isolated the entire time so watched a lot of youtube um i uh, was definitely interested in pens at the time and uh getting into kind of looking at what actually resin casting uh and things of that nature would would be like and um seeing if that'd be something i could do and um uh, just uh, as I was watching all that, uh, you know, you see all these um, resin casters and stuff. Um, 
pouring stuff into tubes and all that. And it, it just kind of, it gave me a, a sciencey vibe, I guess, as I was okay. watching all those videos and, uh, <laughs> science has been something I've always been interested in. I don't have a background in science. I wasn't a science teacher or a scientist by any means. I, I, I'm a science enthusiast, I guess you could say. Um, and, uh, you know, as I was kind of getting into kitless pens and things and, you know, that the idea of, of mad science kind of just came into my head one day and started making grand plans. I think this was at the time when, um, woodshed pen company, uh, I believe Mike Allen was doing his Kickstarter right, and kind of started getting the wheels turning, uh, about doing something like that, getting way ahead of myself, uh, <laughs> essentially, um, you know, I came up with plans on doing some uh, demonstrator uh, highlighter colors uh, in, in some of, um, some of my models um, as a Kickstarter and um, have the whole mad science theme with neon colors and, and all that and demonstrators. Uh, obviously, this was long before I knew uh, the work entailed in uh, <laughs> making a demonstrator. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, you know, and it just kind of stuck with me. Uh, I, I drew up a logo, which um, I, I later had redone. Um, uh, Matthew Morse, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. did, yeah, uh, did my, uh, redid my logo for me. Um, but it's just, I just thought it was cool. <laughs> so I, I went yeah. with it, you know. And, uh, you know, and my, I feel like my pen designs are, are kind of original and a little crazy. Um, definitely um, unorthodox from, from, I think, what we're used to seeing and what we do. So. That's kind of where it came from. No, and no, I uh, I get the ask the question. Sometimes I do not wear uh, a lab coat in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, so you didn't happen to write that down on your email, did you? <laughs> no, I did. I imagine I, uh, you like with the lab coat and this giant like white fluffy like Doc Brown kind of wig <laughs> and the and the welded the old school welding goggles on while you're doing it. Yeah. I actually, I have those. Um, I actually went as a mad scientist for Halloween. The, the first year you could go trick or treating. Outstanding. Which kind of, it's like, hey, why not? You know, That's you're outstanding. Awesome. You're going for this mad science theme. Uh, why not go as a mad scientist? So I do have those goggles, actually. I can, wear them <laughs> I can bring them to DC of, with me. Maybe. Add a couple of random Tesla <laughs> coils to your shop and it'll be great, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, awesome. do, I, I will say that I do. I do. I wore one yesterday. I was, um, I do have lab coats. Uh, I'm, I'm really trying to just immerse myself, I guess, in the, the mad science mentality. Um, I was at the Midwest Penn Turners gathering in Chicago yesterday. Awesome. Uh, and wore it around there. Just, nice. you know, so if anybody, <laughs> just so I could be identifiable if anybody wanted to stop and say hi. Um, and I do, I mean, I do plan on wearing a lab coat of sorts to shows and stuff. Just, um, I like talking to people That's uh, and, and I want to be able to identify myself as, as who, you know, what my brand is and, uh, so that people can identify me and then come up and chat for a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. Branding is definitely important. Um, I think that's so key, especially yeah. when doing a show is to be identifiable so you can be found in a crowd. Yeah. 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 Like that. Jonathan has never tried anything to make himself more noticeable in a oh, crowd. Never. No, nothing um, like that. You know. Not at all. <laughs> I am about as low key as it gets. You know, I'm, I'm the, I sit in the back of the class. Nobody can ever find me. Total introvert. Hard for yeah. me to speak with others. For some reason, <laughs> I, I don't think that was ever. That's why it took so many episodes to get you on the show. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. 
No, I was on the episode. I was just too, I was too shy to speak for the first like 20. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Stage fright. Yeah, right. He didn't consent to being unmuted. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I told the lady I don't consent at this time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you people, you people. I'm like, did uh, I pick the right people to do a podcast with? And uh, you're stuck now. with it now. <laughs> you stuck with us. I guess. But I do really like Jake with uh like in your photography for your pens, you have the the glass beakers in the background and you yeah, really do really cool. embrace the mad science aspect of the brand and you you work it in the, into every detail that you do. Cause I, do you also have uh, sleeves made by rickshaw if i'm not mistaken i, I sure I see do that? um yeah that, that was and i i have to give a shout out to mark at rickshaw that that guy is a, a superhero of the pen industry i mean yes. what, what he does for yep. for for that i mean and he he reached out to me i believe about it and and it was such an easy and supportive process as much of of my experience in this uh arena has been uh but phenomenal and the pencils are awesome so yeah they really are and he's you know i've done several different style of sleeves with him and every single time it's you know you know i'll send him an idea and you know next thing i know i have a mock-up and he's like like this i'm like well, yeah. Okay, cool. We'll start them tomorrow. Sure. Why not? Okay, let's go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's get this going. And yeah, he's he's amazing. He does so much for the community, yeah. uh, especially the small makers, because <clears throat> getting a sleeve like that made anywhere else would take months of prototyping and back and forth design wise. Forget about the and price. Probably, yeah, well, pricing, quantity. extreme quantity yeah. requirements. And yeah. with markets, you know, there, there aren't those types of restrictions and quantity, you know, necessities and things like that. So it, it, he does really help us out when it comes to things like that. Cause you know, if you're doing a show, you might want, you know, 50 sleeves, a hundred sleeves, not 5,000 sitting in a closet somewhere, just yeah. hope, hopefully to be used <laughs> up one day. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, you know, he, and he can help with your branding on a lot of other, you know, daily carry items, whether it's messenger bag, uh, you know, laptop bag. Yeah, exactly. Nice. EDC uh, travel case. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's done quite a bit for me. I've got the the pen rolls. Uh, I just got the diplomat um, traveler notebook carrier mm-hmm. all done in my brand. I mean, yeah, he's done phenomenal. I, I can't. Yeah. See yeah. I made one uh, boo-boo when I ordered my bento box bag. I ordered that all through the website. And then like two days later, I submitted artwork for custom stuff made. Not thinking, oh, wait, I should have just had them make, you know, a custom Minto bag for me. And, you know, kind of forgot about that, but it's all right. <laughs> so, that'll Jake, happen. we... What? what? So that'll happen. Oh. So tell us more about your shop. Where you're located and can... <laughs> What you do? Well, <laughs> I, I am just north of Indianapolis in Indiana. Uh, you know, I make pens. Uh, <laughs> my shop is in my garage. Uh, 
which is as uh, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you know that it's uninsulated and uh, fun. <laughs> I, I'm I'm currently renting, uh, so there's really only so much I can do about that at the moment. Right, which, yeah. uh, presents some challenges uh, when the weather is particularly cold. Um, but yeah, uh, it's. I feel you. I feel you on <clears throat> just with yeah. the heat, not the cold. <laughs> People don't quite understand. Yeah. yeah. Materials get yeah. testy when the weather, when the temperature changes a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Temperature really does. It wow. really does. Uh, I've talked to quite a few makers about that, actually. I mean, we've, we've talked about, you know, whether or not we want to move to a warmer climate or, or what. <laughs> but, you know, at this point, I'd rather deal with the heat than the cold, I think. So I get that. we'll see what the future holds for our, our location. But, yeah, yeah, if you haven't uh, felt the Texas heat, though, I don't know. If I, I was going to say for <laughs> three Southerners, we always we're going to say the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> that's that seems to be a common theme with the Southerners <laughs> that I talk to. You. What's um, the humidity really? I mean, if you go to Arizona and it's hot, it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's still hot. Yeah, it's yeah. As I say, you're baking in an oven, but here you're baking on an oven with convection and humidity mixed. Yeah, right. Like a sauna. Which yeah, saunas are nice. Saunas yeah. are nice because you can leave them. <laughs> yeah, you can or you can walk not out of them. or not go into a sauna. <laughs> it's not it's not cast upon you. <laughs> oh, I like that cast upon you. You like that, don't you? So, <laughs> oh um, gosh. So now, uh, Jake, we know you're um, you're relatively. I, I don't I don't mean this in a bad way or anything, but you're relatively kind of new on the scene. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the, you're getting some great publicity out there. I'm hearing some great things about the pins. Um, I have one personally, I really enjoy using it. Um, so how long have you been, have you been making pins? Uh, no, you're right. Uh, I am relatively new. Uh, I actually was on Instagram going through my posts, which I like to do occasionally, <laughs> uh, see some of my older works. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I actually, Posted my first kitless pen uh, April twenty eighth of twenty twenty one. So I oh, wow. just shot the year. My my wow. one year kitless right anniversary on. is is this week. <laughs> so <laughs> congratulations! Well. We totally hey, knew that. Yeah, yeah. Say, we, were, <laughs> we were doing our research and everything, and knew that. <laughs> so you've been making pens for for around a year or so did you have any prior like turning experience before that did you do any wood turning or anything prior to making pens uh kitless pens i've been doing for a year before that i did kit pens for about a year prior to that as well um just after the pandemic uh, everything got locked Mm -hmm. down um i inherited my grandfather's lathe who so um, was looking for a, uh, a way to use that and, uh, you know, tried some woodworking things and it wasn't really clicking for me. So, uh, once stores started opening up again, uh, walked into my local Rockler woodworking and, um, just to kind of, I think I was looking for some parts for my, my, uh, it's a 1976 craftsman, um, tube lathe if, oh wow if you know oh, oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the least accurate lathe you could possibly uh, I was gonna say, <laughs> lining up your tailstock has to be so much fun right <laughs> it's, it, you know and and when you're doing kit pens everything's concentric anyway because you're working with mandrels and things like that right. it wasn't that a deal 
doing kit lists just wasn't feasible with that lathe. But um, anyway, I was uh, in in Rockler and they, you know, I was looking for some parts for the lathe, I think. And uh, they pointed me in the direction of some kits for kit pens. And, and that, you know, the thought of a doing something that could be functional uh, really was pretty interesting to me. So I picked up kit pens and did that for a little while. And I, you know, I don't know if Brad even knows this, but uh, I started doing that over a different kind of branding name. And uh, I think Brad's probably the only person that's got two of my pens. I do. Uh, um, one. You did know that. All right. Yeah. One under uh, when, when I was nostalgic concepts. Yeah, that is it. Well, Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and that's what um, I remembered because I was like, when when I first saw Mad Science come out, I was like, wait, that name, that name sounds familiar. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, two and two together, finally, you know. Um, yeah, we do we do have one of your uh, component pins. And, and I was just talking, uh, we were talking before we started recording earlier that, um, the fit and finish on this is great. Um, the way you got the materials to line up on the cap and body where, where the similar patterns are in there, it's a great fit and finish, good polish on it. Um, writes really well. Uh, so yeah, got one from both companies, I did, <laughs> yes, but I have to give my, in the world have you know, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That makes me feel cool. I don't, yeah. I don't feel that way very often. So I don't have I can get, I'll take. So uh, I really don't have any plans on picking up kit pens again. So no, yeah, and I just, once you get to this style of pen, you don't revert back. It's hard to go back. I'm yeah. just looking up the lathe you're talking about too. And I'm saying, how on earth did you ever turn anything <laughs> concentric? Right. Yeah. The, the tube style, uh, tailstock, how you can kind of, you know, if you did any kind of like off center, like lathe, right. it'd be a lot easier to drill on something like that. Oh, you oh could make gosh. killer tapers with it, but you know, <laughs> it looks like one of those where you just buy the iron pipe and the clamp ends to put on the iron pipe almost. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's all you really need are a couple of clamps and a and a piece of galvanized steel from right the hardware store and a headstock motor and you're good. So that so you know that had to be a challenge. I mean, I've never turned on one of those, but that definitely had to be a challenge. Uh it, it definitely was. Uh and for I that was the first my first experience with a lathe. Um, so that was definitely a bit of a learning curve. Um, but you know, um as things were at that time, you know, I had a little extra time. Uh, I wasn't, you know, headed out <laughs> to hang out. Fair enough. Yeah. So. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I was still working during that time. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to work through that. But um, I mean, when you're home, you're home, you know, yeah. you're, you really don't have any other plans. So I had spent quite a bit of time on that and, and learned that. And, you know, probably it contributed to the speed at which I've been able to pick things up with a, much more advanced lathe system. So that's something we've spoken about many times on previous podcasts about how the pandemic led to a big flow of hobbyists get or people getting into new hobbies and new uh new ventures like that that have turned into small businesses now. And I mean you're a prime example of that and just your progression in this year alone has been amazing. Uh, we're going to get into some of your most current models and stylistic uh, design features and 
you know, it's impressive to say the least. Thank um, you. Uh, one question I had is, so the Craftsman's lathe is what you started on. What are you using today? Uh, I have a little machine shop, metal lathe. Oh, okay. nice. And that's, that, your, that's your, basically the only lathe you use now for the most part? Uh, I still use the Craftsman lathe um, okay. for buffing. Okay. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My first lathe is buffing lathe. You can buff on it. Yeah. Now, do you I have? Mean, it is was, it? Oh, I'm sorry. Go. Go right in. My bad. No. No. You're fine. Uh, it was. It was my grandfather's lathe. You know, yeah. and and he's he's still around. Don't get me wrong. But he's just unable to use it. But I I feel like it's important to to, to carry on those traditions uh, from mm-hmm. earlier generations in your family. So I mean, it's going to stick around, uh, and I'll find ways to use it. Um, I, you know, I'll teach my kids to use it someday and, um, and then hopefully that tradition just continues. So. Totally agreed. It's a great tradition. Now, are you using, um, what size is your LMS? Is it like the seven by 16 or is it one of the bigger? Uh, I think it's the seven by 18 or something. Okay. Yeah. It's a decent size. Yeah. It's cool. not the it's not the smallest one, but. Yeah, I had the 50, whatever they called it at the time, the 52, blah, blah, before they replaced it. You know, as soon as I bought it, they replaced it with a different model. I should have known better um, when I saw that. (laughs) I should have been like, you have a 90-day return policy? Is that what you said? (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I liked my LMS lathe. It was a a good... it was a good tight little lathe. Uh, there are some, there's a lot of things you can do to it to make it run better, um, to make things more concentric and things like that. Uh, but it's, it's a great lathe. Um, who else, who else was using a LMS? I think Eric, uh, didn't Eric Sands have an LMS before he got, yeah, I think he started with that one before he got his wife. Yeah. Um, and, and we talk about these lathes, like they're not all made on the same, (laughs) <laughs> on the same line <laughs> at the, the same, same time, block, right? Yeah. No matter what paint is on them, they're still made in the same place pretty much, but that's cool. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool. I got my start on an LMS, LMS lathe. I've still got it. I need to clean it up and get it running right again. I kind of, it's fallen into a kind of a neglectful situation lately. <gasps> Does Brooks need to come to your shop? Yeah. Do I need to come clean your metal? Dude, right now it's been under my uh, buffing lathe for like a year. Oh, I'll just get the air compressor and I'll take it. You'd have to. This would be the one time where it would be proper to clean your lathe with air rather than a vacuum. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah, outstanding. Um, You know, I've got, I've got, I've got both of your pins now. I brought both of them with me and I've been writing with your beta model uh, pretty extensively over the past few days, uh, giving it, you know, giving it a good run for its money. We'll say, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm, I'm impressed with the fit and finish. I really like it. It's a, it's a really, really nice pen. Um, Thank you. And uh, we'll talk more about the models a little bit later. Right. That's what John, I mean, that's what Jonathan said a minute ago anyway. So I'm going to go on his his word for that. (laughs) Yeah. You can take my word for it. (laughs) I don't know if I need to take it. I don't know if I want to take your word for much these days. Um, oh, that's hurtful. Um, so, yeah. I have, so I have feelings, Brad. At least two. Is that how it works? Or Yeah, pretty much. That's about it. <laughs> so, um,
terms of oh, tinkering with other types of turning projects. It was just you you inherited this lathe and then jumped straight in. Um, is that true, or were there, was there other things that kind of drove you to getting into making pens? No, I mean I I was a found pen collector uh, before that. Um, so I've been into fountain pens and, and that industry for a while. Uh, and a lot of what I, you know, I was watching Goulet and Fig Boot and, and all that on YouTube. Uh, actually, probably the, one of my biggest inspirations was the, uh, the episode with Jonathan and, and David on Fig Boot, Fig Boot on pens and, <laughs> and that whole thing. Was that the, uh, uh, the casting episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was, that one's so much fun. <laughs> I mean, really going into that, I didn't even know that there was a, I mean, that there was a, a kitless community there. Uh, you know, I didn't know that, you, you know, I thought it was a, a really exclusive, you know, like David Oscarson or Oscarman um, type of $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, you know, that really opened my eyes, uh, that episode and, and uh, a few others that he did with other makers and just kind of looking at it and then ordered a pen from Jonathan actually uh, shortly thereafter. Um, I remember I ordered, that. <laughs> yeah, ordered a couple pens from um, on a whim. Alan, he's a fellow Hoosier of mine, um, and and you know, got to looking at it and just thought I was actually um, with the Craftsman lathe. I would butcher kit pens for <laughs> kitless parts. So I mean, you know, the, the the threads are you know the the one thing you really couldn't do on my lathe, uh, the, the Craftsman lathe. So I would like cut the threads and try to modify kit pens to a kitless, like a hybrid kitless pen. And uh, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, probably harder, harder than <laughs> what I do now. Uh, but you know, I, I was trying to make it work and and figure out the whole kitless thing, and then you know. Uh, what, what can I say? I've got two kids. The government started handing out money and I decided, Hey, why not, <laughs> why not get into this kidless thing? You know, um, let's see where this thing goes. And, and yeah, I, I, I pretty much head first, uh, into everything. Uh, I spent a lot of money in a short period of time. <laughs> yep. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. We, which, we, yeah. No, not everybody got that memo ahead of time. Yeah. Well, and yeah, well, I knew I, I looked into it and uh, I think it was uh, RGB uh, wood turning um, yeah. has some stuff yeah. on, on turning kitless pens. And he had a list actually of things that you would need to do it. And I you know, tallied that up and uh, that I knew it was going to be a costly experience. So, but you know, I, I went ahead and did it and uh, it's been, it's been such a phenomenal experience. Yeah, I, I can't even describe it. Um, I still spend a lot of money in short periods of time, but at least I have a lot of a, a little bit coming back in. Right, it's yeah. going to be a continuously costly process. It doesn't stop by any yeah, stretch. I, I've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, it, it builds from. There's here. always things to get. Um, well, and what, yeah, I mean, early on, you know, you're looking at a, a nib order or ordering a, a decent stock in materials, and it's yeah. just like, oh, you know, that's crazy. You have to order how many nibs, you know, and then talking to Edison, <laughs> Brian, Brian and Edison pans was just like, or miser nibs. And it, it, it didn't seem feasible early on. And now it's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm doing it yeah, a, a couple times a month, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it's no big deal, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. But yeah, it was, it's been a crazy 
whirlwind of an experience, but, um, you know, they've been, the community has been amazing. Um, you know, Jason, I've reached out to you about stuff and Jonathan's helped me out with stuff. Brad, I'm going to be reaching out to you about my lathe here shortly. Some lathe maintenance. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, so he's the man for the job. I can, I can, Ready I can to help. That. Always willing to yeah, help. And, yeah, so many other makers out there have helped me out. And, you know, and just, it's been awesome. So, and that's, yeah, I would not have been able to accomplish what I have in such a short period of time without the support of the community. So. Oh, I'm happy to hear that part. And one, uh, one quick history lesson for everybody, because I don't even, I don't think it this ever gets discussed is when you brought up how you would uh, try to repurpose the, like the threaded couplers from uh, the component pins that's actually how we came up with the 13 by 0.8 millimeter triple start taps and dies that we use today on our custom pins is because that's the same thread and thread pitch that's on a majority of the component pins. Oh, wow. And they wanted to essentially make it easier to repurpose those couplers and things like that by being able to match the thread so you can make a custom cap without having to use the, all the internals of the component oh, and nice. so on. That's actually huh. how that all kind of started up in the beginning. See, wow. you come for the banner, you stay for the history. <laughs> just... <laughs> That's, that, That's that is really interesting though. I, cause I kind of always wondered, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've wondered who picked where... 13 by 0.8. Yeah. And start. why did they pick triple start? Why did they pick the most expensive 13 millimeter freaking cap? In the <laughs> um, because that's what the components were. Right. And many hey, of them still are today. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's you know, a and from, you know, from there we've, you know, expanded obviously into the, you know, they've dropped it down to, I think you can get a 10 millimeter triple start or double start oh 11, gosh. 12, 13, 14, 15. Now you can get in triple starts and then, I need an. I need an eighteen. Pay the big bucks. I need somebody to make it. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say you can go all the way up to eighteen for Brad and for me. uh, I I got lucky and got in on a group by that they switched up from triple to double start, and I was lucky enough to get in on that one. And so I have double start threads on mine instead of the triple, which I personally prefer. Yeah, but it's not. It's not the end of the world either way. Honestly, I want an eighteen millimeter like subtuple start tap is what I need. <laughs> I think that I, just yeah. becomes a snap cap at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, I might you, as well be, <laughs> you cut them just, just deep enough to where they'll grab and, and you can just slide them over. And so um, like Velcro. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> right. So Jake, tell us about, um, tell us about your main models that you're, that you're making, uh, what are their names? What are they, what are they like? You know, what can people expect from, from those models? Uh, well, I, I, I launched a primary set of models. I'll say, um, again, if you follow me on Instagram every other day, I'm doing something different, <laughs> uh, <laughs> an experiment, uh, you could say, um, but, uh, my main models, I would say my two most popular are the Ranger and the Klingman. Um, the Rangers kind of, uh, tapered on both ends and, and flat on the ends. Um, 
the Klingman is rounded, same same primary model, rounded on the ends, uh, thicker at the top, tapers down at the bottom. Uh, I try to be able to post pens if at all possible. So um, then I have the Portage, uh, which is probably my next most popular model, which is, uh, I guess it's just a smaller taper at both ends. Um, I would say there's probably about 10 millimeters, uh, but still kind of flat at the ends. But okay. uh, 10 millimeter diameter there at the end, opposed to my Ranger, which is um, probably around uh, probably about 15 at the top and 13 at the bottom. So okay, smaller at the ends. It tapers a little bit more at, the, at both ends. The Portage, the Mesa. I don't do a lot of that one. Um, I want to, uh, and I probably will at some point. Um, but it's kind of just wide at the top and flat, and then tapers all the way down, flat at the bottom. Um, I think it's a pretty cool design, one I haven't really done a lot with yet, um, but I, I, I plan on doing more with that in the future. So then I've got the Beta, uh, which is the model uh, Brad has. Uh, it's just pretty much, it's got a slight taper from the nib to the to the back. Uh, not a lot, um, but it's just a pretty much a straight pen. Um, hooded, hooded sections, hooded nibs on all of them. It's kind of become my thing. Uh, and then I've got the, uh, beta V2, which is probably in all reality, probably my, my second best selling pen. Um, it's just a, it's a much different model. Uh, it's got kind of a flat hooded section with a more of a, a, an actual grip section where the the original beta did not have that. And it kind of gets a little bit wider after the grip section and then tapers down to the back. Uh, it's sort of like an external section in a way. It's got the cap that goes over the, the hooded portion and you've had the section, the grip section behind that. I'm looking at. Yeah. The, the beta, yeah. They're all uh, internal threads, uh, which is again, watching the videos and watching Goulet pens and all that back in the day, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, that's probably one of the most common things I heard was, you know, the step, how, how big is the step? How, how prominent yeah. is the threat? Two of the biggest complaints with fountain pens, it seems like that I most heard most common. Um, and you know, I just kind of started to think, what, what can I do to eliminate that? And I did. So hey, you succeeded. <laughs> I just definitely I succeeded. You know, I, I, uh, that was my mission. And I just, thought thought about it thought about it and thought about it and got out in the shop and it has evolved a bit since my earlier models but um it, it, it's done pretty well uh, people seem to like it so i like how you said that you just got out of the shop and messed with it and messed with it and that's how a lot of our designs become yeah. anything uh we'll make a prototype version of it and you're like yeah that didn't work let's change this one little part of it let's change this one little part and that's how most of us well i saw some of us at least i saw i've come up with a couple of models well, one of the models I came up with, it was a mistake that I had made trying to make a different one. And it <laughs> serendipitously turned into a new model. Right. Um, and <clears throat> so do you have any specific inspiration other than say, you know, people talking about the steps and internal threading being cool or anything like that for your models? Do you see things in nature or do you see things that you like shapes and lines that you like that kind of inspire you to go with certain shapes or uh, tapers and whatnot on your models? Uh, not really. I mean, I try to make my pens as comfortable as possible. 
I think, um, again, you know, I guess you can call it research, you know, watching, watching the videos and things I did early on, um, comfort and how comfortable it is to hold a pen for long periods of time was the primary reason that people like the pen. Um, so that that's, that's probably my primary motivation behind the shape of the, the beta V2 is I've written with them. I don't one even <laughs> um and it's it's probably Fair. the most comfortable pen I've, I've written with um i have my own pens i mean I, I i keep every pen that doesn't make the cut for whatever reason uh <laughs> i've got a box full of my own pens trust me yeah <laughs> we all we've got those boxes don't know anything about that <laughs> right um, but uh i don't have any of those uh for for some reason but it's it's you got it right pen. <laughs> well, and I, I kept one for a minute and I liked it. I read, I wrote with it quite a bit. I posted it. I made the mistake of posting it on Instagram, yep. you know, and yep. yeah, and somebody reached out and said, uh, I want it, you know, and it's like, well, I can make another one. So yep. if you want you know, it, you it never go. tell anybody else that you made it. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the way, if you want to keep that's it, not... don't tell anybody Gosh, you it, made it. it. Yeah. I don't, I don't even have a personal pen of my own that I've made. For myself, because every time I do, they somebody always buys it out from underneath me. Like you know, I sold the last one I sold in Atlanta. Somebody said, "Oh, I really like that one." I was like, "Well, it could be yours today." <laughs> I'm lucky not, for I'm you. Yeah, lucky for you. I'm not sentimental. So there is, yeah. uh, you know, there is all that. Uh, I did have a quick question going back to when you're talking about all your different models and you started naming them off. Is there a special reason for the names of the models? I know you said the Ranger, the Beta, and uh, several others, but are there like any uh, special reasons for the, their names? Yeah, there are. Um, I, I actually went to school for geology, which is a science. Uh, <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> so now it all comes yeah, yeah, yeah. out. Now, uh, yeah. <laughs> We get this far into the interview and you drop this bombshell on us. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I went to school for it for a while. It, it didn't pan out for a variety of reasons. But, you know, again, I, I went to school for biology. I went to school for, for geology. You know, I did the college thing and switched my major 15 times. Right. <laughs> um, but, the, and they were all science based. All of my majors were. And because uh, I love science. Uh, but uh, we're a pretty outdoorsy family. Uh, we're, we're kind of on a mission to hit all the national parks, uh, before my son turns 18. Oh, very cool. uh, we've got some time. He's 12. So. <laughs> and we started, we started a little while ago, so we're, we're in good shape, but, um, so most of them are, so the ranger, for example, the rangers, you know, a uh, park ranger, uh, yeah. my dog's name is also ranger. So that nice. kind of ties in there. Um, and I just, for whatever reason, the shape of the pen reminded me of, that name i guess if that makes sense yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. just i don't know what it is about it the shape of the pen just reminds me of like a park ranger or something like that or something, uh, something along those lines the Klingman is actually named after Klingman's dome uh, in the smokies okay uh, been there you probably uh, um but it's just uh, a place we've been a few times as a family and uh, it's a dome and it's a it's a domed pen so i thought that'd be cool <laughs> uh, portage is um the shape of that pen kind of reminded me of a kayak for for whatever reason again we're pretty outdoorsy family um 
And, uh, you know, when you carry a, a kayak over land, it's called portaging. Mm -hmm. uh, my family's also from Portage, uh, Michigan. So that kind of, again, dual, dual meanings, but kind of tied in. Right. The Mesa is, uh, is a flat top geological structure. Uh, that's really where that came from. The shape of the pen really inspired that name. Um, and I thought it was cool. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pretty cool sound. <laughs> the beta beta is actually named after my daughter's named after a star. Um, and it, it, the beta is kind of a, it was a, it's a word associated with uh, cl the cluster of stars that she's named after. So um, among other things, uh, that's kind of where that was inspired from. So, uh, and then the, the beta V2 is just, obviously the second version of the right. <laughs> yeah that one i why figured not? out pretty easily <laughs> you don't have to work so hard why not just you know, be two. And, and hey <laughs> primary one primary two primary, <laughs> primary three three and a half four yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easier that, that way route. there have been uh like 15 mile different variations of the beta and i didn't want to go the iphone the iphone route on that so uh, i'm just going to start with the v2 so you're not going to have like the beta though, pro and the beta pro max and things like that <laughs> if i you know what if i make if i make an epic sized beta i will call it the beta max <laughs> the beta the beta pro max that's what that there you called. go that is awesome. <laughs> it will hold you to it, by the way. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yep. I was being of cards. Yeah. When, when I was naming my pens, you know, initially I was, again, going to really embrace that mad science uh, theme and, and name them after some mad scientists. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, I did some research and uh, I don't think anybody would have understood the connection <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, they, they probably so, would have went to the straight to the the old TV series Mad Science, and that would have been about it. Yeah, you know? yeah. it just it wasn't it wasn't happening. I tried. Uh, I, I did a lot of research, um, and a lot of and a lot a lot of the mad scientists of the day were were considered mad because they did things that I didn't wouldn't want my pens associated with. There you go. So that's <laughs> it's just a path that I didn't want to go down. Yeah, the Madame Curie yeah, pen. It'll be in that glowing. Uh, uh, tritium looking material and, you know <laughs> yeah that's actually you know when i started um the mad science thought process i guess you could say i partnered with uh james at the pensmiths to make the uh plutonium resin uh, ah, that's was, where that came from it is yeah that was themed and i asked him to make me a resin that looked like the the uranium stick from the simpsons uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, if you've seen that, he he definitely came through. Uh, I actually awesome. got to drive to his house and pick it up in person. I was kind of uh, in the area where he lives, and I was blown away when I saw that in person. Wow. Uh, uh, it was incredible. It was exactly what I wanted, and, and he's done that so many times for me as well. Uh, and among others, I know you, you know you've worked with him quite a bit, Jason. Yeah, uh, for sure, but. Yeah, and that's yeah. So the uh, the uranium cool. rod is where that plutonium plutonium rod, I guess, uh, came from. So plutonium is actually blue, but nobody needs to know that. <laughs> the cartoons, you know, they add a little, a little bit here and there. <laughs> Simpsons. I mean, we know we know that's very scientifically accurate. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> 
So uh, getting to your shop and stuff, uh, how's it set up? Like, how do you, how big is your shop or smaller is your shop? How do you, oh, how do you set it up to work for you in the way you work? My, my shop is the two car garage. So it's huge. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At this point, uh, you know, I've currently taken over pretty much the entire garage. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, are there any cars in that garage or is it just you? <laughs> You silly people that think garages are for cars. Exactly. New. No. I'm in the process of trying to adapt um, some of Jason's mentality of organization. So I've got everything spread all over the garage. Trying to <laughs> get it organized, I guess. It's, it's organized chaos right now. Now it's like uh, my shop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, uh, originally I put everything so that you could get two cars in there and still have my entire shop uh, in there, which is not a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've got, I've got a bandsaw, metal lathe, you know, a uh, drill press, another, my buffing lathe, which is, it's huge. I mean, it's <laughs> that, that two blade is, it's no joke. Um, so, it, but it all kind of fits along one wall there uh, in my shop. So, that's, that's pretty much what I've got going on. I've got like 17 heaters in there at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All on their own breaker. <laughs> yeah. No, that's man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. I actually, I, I found last, I guess this past winter, I have a little space heater because my, my garage right now is pretty small. It's a single car. And during, when it got really cold, there are a few times like twice in the winter, it gets cold in here in Houston, in Texas. And so I had it cranked up on the high. And then I think a week or so ago, I was trying to reorganize some of my power layout and I couldn't get the extension cord to come undone. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> the stupid thing had fused itself together and gotten salted so- together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, now it's a 50 foot cord. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel you on trying to get all that space. It keeps you from yeah. having to buy a longer cord, at least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do- my garage has one outlet. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> I, run, I run everything from one outlet and <laughs> and different extension cords. So essentially, yeah, you know, you have to make do. You're yeah. a one man operation, dude. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have like I have extension cords run to each station. I guess you could say I've got you know an extension cord run to my my metal lathe and I'll, I'll run that. Um, and then I've got an extension cord to my uh, buffing lathe and drill press and all that stuff uh, run separately. So I have to, I literally have to unplug. I can't run them all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <no>. Um, <laughs> and I can't run. I have maxed out my heater electricity capacity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I went through quite a few heaters to figure that out. Um, but yeah, I would I would basically turn on a breaker or uh, turn on my heater and it would flip a breaker. Yep. <laughs> I was running I was running my lathe too, so that that presented a bit of an issue. So I've I've got the most powerful heater that I can have while also operating other heavy machinery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Priorities, yeah. right? Yeah, I got I got lucky with when I bought my uh, South Bend metal lathe, which which is a newer model, not a uh, not a vintage style. Yeah, but it's still a south. Uh, I bend. went ahead. Still a south bend. Yeah, it's robust to say the least. But yeah, it. <laughs> I ended up uh, positioning it right under my breaker box, and at the time, if I ran that in anything else, it 
tripped off the entire garage. Oh, and, I, and I do have multiple outlets in here, but they're all on one breaker. <laughs> so I ended up hiring an electrician to come out, give me a dedicated uh, outlet and breaker just for the metal lathe, and then separate each wall on its own breaker. And since then, and since then I've added more stuff and had to have them come back out. And uh, I, I don't have any more room in my panel to, to grow. <laughs> If I do, if I do anything else, I have to get a new panel put in and things like that. But you yeah, don't have a whole yeah. lot of room left in the shop to grow. I mean, <laughs> well, I've got two You're gonna more have pieces to go up. of equipment. Oh. My wife says I need to get out. No, honestly, <laughs> and build the shop. <laughs> not in a bad way. So people were not saying like, she's like coming in there. Going, get out. <laughs> you know, you need not me. like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we still wouldn't park the cars in here, even without the stuff in here. <laughs> she would turn it into something for herself. Oh man. So we've been talking about pins this whole time. Pins, no. pen making. Um, what sorts of things do you enjoy outside? I mean, I know there's nothing outside of pen making for any of us, but what sort of things do you enjoy outside of pen making? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a pretty demanding job. Um, and with it's, it's 58 plus hours a lot of times. And, uh, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm making pens a lot of time, but you're right. There's not a lot of time, but like I said, you know, uh, we're a pretty outdoorsy family. So really anything outdoors, uh, we like to go and do. We like to travel when we can. Um, again, we're trying to hit all the national parks. So uh, we're always looking for, we try to take one big road trip at least a year uh, and hit a few national parks along the way. Um, so we like to travel. But I'm, I'm personally, I like to do pretty much anything outdoors. I like to hike and kayak and mountain bike and, all, you know, whatever. So to have a good time, enjoy nature. Sweet. You can't say anything negative to that. No, you can't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because that's the, that's the, you know, keep it yeah. up. I say, as far as I'm concerned, as long as it's up north and not in this heat down here, I'm, all, I'm game to go. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to come down to some of the parks down here and hang out, Jonathan? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I would do glamping before I would do that. We have a uh, right. state park that's like 25 minutes. It's where I grew up over in Jackson. Um, it's uh, Indian Springs State Park, and it's one of the first state parks in the nation. Hmm. Um, it was one of the first two, I think, to be named in Georgia, but it had been operated by the U.S. government for a while before that, so it's considered to be one of the first ones. And it, it's a nice little park. They have a spring there that was considered to be like the fountain of youth in that area. It's the mineral water, you know, spring and everything um, right. where the Creek, the Creek Indians were there in that area and everything. But uh, it's just a big open space with heat and humidity and a spring. So, you know, <laughs> but it's really pretty every once in a while. Um, Kristen and I will go over to a barbecue joint. That's close to that. We'll get some food and just go sit at a picnic table, you know, pay for the parking permit and, you know, just sit, and have lunch or something like that in the park. It's nice to, you know, but I mean, you're talking about it. It's just a big open space for heat and humidity with a spring to look at. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. I do. Get yeah. It. We have a, yeah, we've got a, uh, a place locally called Hitchcock woods and it's actually the, the largest privately owned urban forest in the country. 
Wow. It's around 2,100 acres and Jeez. 70 or and 70, 70 miles of trails and stuff for hiking, equestrian use and things of that nature. It's uh it's always something we always, you know, kind of go out and do as a family, go hiking and right. things like that when the weather's nice. So meaning, you know, December, January, February. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I don't like December, January, February weather. I like I like June, July, August weather down here. So I, I got sunburned over this weekend. I'm done. <laughs> We had to do, a, do that uh, again. my daughter had a, a, had a festival for school over the weekend and I was out in the sun for like four hours and I'm like cherry red all over. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm They make done. sunscreen for that. I was under shade the end. I was under a tent the entire time. If you can, <laughs> no, if you can burn with, with covering over you, man, that's special. Uh, yeah. That's special. I dye my hair because I'm like a ginger. I burn easily. Are you trying to match your hair to your arm color? Is that what it is? It, yeah, pretty much now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> I think that's a derailed conversation. Yeah, I think it's time for that. what's becoming one of our staples of the interview show. And I'm going to kick it over to Jason for that. If he it is time for that laying down. I, I do. I'm I'm semi pro here. Semi. semi. Well, Jason uh, did make the list, so yeah, he did. yeah, I he did. Wrote, he wrote the list. <laughs> I wrote it all by myself. He was the architect of the list. Oh, Ooh. nice, nice. Yeah, I, I need to, I need to go design a bridge or something just to get back at him. <laughs> you know, you can do that, and I'm fine with that because I don't design bridges. So take I that. Wanna... Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Oh, that would be <laughs> round three. That would be my <laughs> consultant that designed the bridge, not me. So, how about it? Uh, I'm sure he doesn't. Fine, mind. I'll send you the email about building a bridge. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it is time for top five faves. I just made that up, but that's what it is because we always have a part of the show where we want to know what your favorite thing is. And if you don't have one, then we won't talk about it. But there it is. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to pass. Yeah, you are allowed to pass. That's why I have an alternate or down here. Oh, okay. you never know. And there is a right answer for all of these. Although one of them, though, is going to be contentious, I think, based on the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I'll be really things like there's normal. just there's just tension all over this episode tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, Jason for this up. episode, I, one of these questions myself. only has one answer, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, and we can we can kind of um, uh, what do they call it? Um, round robin. Yeah, round robin. No, it doesn't really matter. Well, I guess he doesn't want you to talk. It. Is what he's trying to say. <laughs> quick, quick <laughs> fire kind of thing. It doesn't that we rapid can fire questions coming up. Rapid, rapid fire. fire. Yes. Lightning yes. round. I like it. That no, that's the one I wanted. Lightning round. Anyway, <laughs> the joke is lost. <laughs> oh man. Oh jeez. So, what would you say is your favorite pen that you make? I don't. Uh, favorite pen that I make. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with a cop-out answer on this one and, and say the next one. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, I I'm like always, it. I, like I love it. working with new materials and trying new designs and, and just playing with stuff. Uh, you know, it's, uh, so I, you know, I'm always looking forward to the next, the next one, uh, the next cool material I can find or, or the new to me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, material. So I'm, I'm just always excited to keep on making pens. So see, my problem is I'm excited about starting the next one. So I never finish a bunch. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I'll get it turned. I'm like, well, that. I don't want to finish. It's like, Oh, what's that shiny material over there. Yep, let me, yeah. let me make a pen out of that. And then I put that one on the rack and then never finish it. So yeah, I feel I, you. I've run into some pen making ADD. Over the, over the, over my it's it's a real uh, condition we all suffer from. Yeah, yes, it is. Shiny it's legitimate. Yeah. Yep. So, do you have a favorite beverage that you partake in your shop? <laughs> beverage that I partake. Um, again, uh, my uh, my full time employment uh, is relatively demanding. So, the time that I get in the shop is usually at like six a.m. So. Uh, if, if I can make it in there, uh, so it's coffee nice. <laughs> most of the time, coffee, that's the water. right answer. You know, I try to stay <laughs> hydrated. I've got, I've got a bit of an issue with, uh, forgetting that you're not supposed to stick your fingers in your lathes. So <laughs> try to keep things, uh, I keep, t- I try to keep my mind fresh. <laughs> uh, I think we've all been bitten a few times. <laughs> yeah, the heavier the chuck, the more it hurts when it's spinning. It, you know, well, yes. the bigger the chuck, the more it hurts. Yeah, I, I recently switched from a collet chuck system back to my three jaw, mm-hmm. and uh, Ooh, a, a man. collet chuck is much more <laughs> forgiving when you grab it. <laughs> so then. I've had to get familiar with that again. Yeah. The uh, three jaw yeah. has three things that can bite you on it instead of just yeah. one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it, it hits different one levels. knuckle. One but, knuckle gets in there and it's, you're like, ah, yeah. You make sure your bone. mandrel is far away from the chuck when you're <laughs> standing and the on that secret is, The secret is you never look at your hand. You instantly grab shop towels and wrap it up. You just don't look at it because it will not hurt. We've learned from Tom and Jerry cartoons. It will not hurt until you look at it. So instantly just oh, don't even look man. at it. Wrap it in towels. Get the electrical tape out and just move on. So at six in the morning, is there any music in your shop or is it just music work? Uh, it, honestly, I listen to the podcast. Uh, that's a great yeah, time for me to listen to the that podcast. A great answer. Told yeah. you there was uh, a right answer. So. <laughs> Be prepared for this question. <laughs> well, I do. You know, I mean, it's a great, it's a good time to, to just listen to it and you laugh and have a good time while you're making fun. <laughs> uh, it's good. You know, kills a couple hours. Uh, Minimum. Yeah. Hey, we we aim to please. And now now that you've taken part of this and you actually get to see us, now you can visualize all the crap we're doing behind the scenes when we're when we're talking. Yeah, that might become dangerous. I'll be laughing a little harder now. So yeah. You know, I I don't know. I might have to change my my listening. Uh, It'll be a little dangerous. Uh, I listen to, if not that, you know, I'm usually listening to uh, some like rock or, or metal, you know, something nice. really just to get keep some stuff awake. done. Yeah. Get, keep me awake. <laughs> I, I'm in there in the evenings as well. 
but uh, I rarely have uh, that my day off. I, I have days off during the week, which is weird. Um, so I'll spend a good 10 hours in there during those days, but yeah. um, usually rock and metal, just, you know, oh. something that's fast paced and it helps me to kind of, you know, just get stuff done. So right on. Sweet. Sweet. No particular bands. I just set a station and, and call it a day. It's a way to do it. You don't have to think about it. No. Playing I've got too much to think about already. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a favorite part of the pin making process? Gosh, yeah, this is a this is a tough question. Um, yeah, I, I would say uh, experimenting with new designs, uh, prototypes, making prototypes. I would say figuring things out, or you know, and then and there's the flip side of things where polishing uh, is not something I enjoy doing. <laughs> You but, are one of us. That's for Jason. Ever Jason. Oh, I, yeah, I know. I like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to recruit my wife. Uh, wife and oldest daughter have already nice. been recruited. Good decision as well. Good decision as well. <laughs> she's, she's a wonderful woman and she's going to uh, possibly be helping me out soon with that. Um, but I mean, that's, you get to, I think that's when you really get to see the, the beauty of the material uh, mm-hmm. is that point. Like when you hit the first buffing wheel, it's just like, dang, you know, a lot of times you see things that, uh, I mean, uh, Jonathan, your triple black uh, is definitely one of them. Oh, thank you. you know, yeah, I agree. You're, you're turning that thing. You're like, what? It's just black, man. Okay, like, why did I buy this? <laughs> I feel like, I, you know, I'm, I, this is, this is Jonathan Brooks. I had high expectations. <laughs> and then you that thing hits that first wheel of the buffing lathe and just like you get chills. And it's like, dang, that, that it just totally took you by surprise, you know, and I, that's the part of it that I love. So it's good to know because those two blanks I bought are in the bottom of my drawer. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to mess with these. <laughs> I'm, you're you're so not the first it. person I've heard about that. So I'm going to have to check. Yeah. It out. That, that yeah. blank drop, you know, that was the last thing I it was still available <laughs> like the next day. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was the first thing I turned, uh, I think from that. And uh, just cause I wanted to see it, you know, um, and I went back and scooped up some more. <laughs> Everybody started talking about it. And they're like, oh man, this material is really, really cool. You know, and you just, you don't, you can't tell. Unless it's you're so understated. It yep. So I went and bought the rest. Nice. Uh, so it's a sleeper, <laughs> a sleeper blank. Yeah. Gotcha. It oh, is. Yeah, that's uh, for that's sure. when I kind of snuck in there and just to see what would happen with it. Cause I knew what it was. I, I knew what it would look like because I actually have a, prototype for another pin company pin made out of it mm. and so i had already known what to expect and i was oh, like wow. i'm not going to tell anybody about this i'm just going to put it out, out there and see <laughs> see what the true you know feedback will be it's kind of like uh your mystic soul sucker too that's another one that when that's true you can make it in a matte finish and it looks one way, but as soon as it just gets that slight polish on it, mm-hmm. it comes alive yeah. in a completely different way. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, since we do know that you started out as a fountain pen collector, what is a favorite pen that you own? Uh, favorite pen that I own. I, I'm not going to say, I mean, I've got a lot of pens that are industry made. Um, but that's not, that's not why we're here. You know, 
and in all reality, I would say that any any kitless pen, in my opinion, um, means more to me than a mass-produced pen mm. any day, mm. because I know what goes into that at this point, and uh, sure. you know how much thought and um, and how much of that maker is in that pen. Um, so I would I would say for me, a favorite pen that I own is any pen that has an emotional connection. Uh, I would mm. uh, a connection to an experience. It's with most of the things that I own, um, I try to, you know, I was down, uh, my family and I took a trip down to the keys. Um, and I was fortunate enough to stop and, and check out the divine Island, uh, situation and grab some material from him Okay. Uh, while I was down there and I made a pen out of it. And it's kind of like my souvenir pen, you can say, um, mm-hmm. but tied to that. And, and uh, in fact, all of the materials that I bought, I got to you know, talk to him and everything. It was really, really cool that you know they took the time to, to talk to me and everything but um picked up quite a bit of materials so you know why not <laughs> as well <one> does <laughs> yeah uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't know what that's like at all <laughs> no <laughs> yeah um but you know i made a pen out of it and it it has an emotional connection to it now and it and it, it reminds me of an experience and i think that's any any pen that can do that for anyone i think is a, a really cool thing Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anytime you can make that personal connection between you and your pen or, you know, for a customer and their pen that you're, that you make yourself, that's always going to be one that they cherish, hold on to and, you know, live on forever in their collection. And then hopefully generationally down the road in their family. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what we've done. I mean, we did the uh, the Christmas thing. That was really cool. I got a really nice pen from from James Pensmiths, um, and some materials and stuff. And I've I've done a collaboration with uh, Turnt Tim at Turnt. Um, okay, and that was cool. Uh, the Catalyst um, mm. that he did um, that was based on some uh, a Dexter a, a picture that I sent him. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> But man, what a what a fantastic material! Uh, but yeah, I, I made a pen of my for myself out of that material, and, and we and we did a pen swap, and you know that again, just what a great guy, you know, and uh, to have a pen in, in my collection of his is really cool. I mean, I'm gonna do the whole you know pen maker collect all the other pen makers pens things, because um, I mean I think that's really cool. Um, oh yeah, that's favorite got, part of my collection. More. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Jonathan's was the first pen I ordered and the last one I received. So. <laughs> I can live with that. <laughs> There's been a wait list. There's been a wait list. For you know, go figure. Um, I was lucky was, enough was to. About. <laughs> his was my first maker pen, but I was lucky enough to catch him at a show. So I could, we could buy yeah. it. Yeah. Well, no shows. Kind no of. shows when I'm getting into all that. That, that was yeah. Um, getting into this when you couldn't meet anybody face to face was kind of a, it was pretty interesting, but Alan's pens are really cool. They're, they're both in Brooks materials. They're Koi materials. So there you go. There's your <laughs> shout out. Uh, I love the Koi stuff. Uh, it's probably my favorite uh, of, okay. of all your stuff. And I plan on collecting one of each. I'm going to, I'm going to Pokemon uh, that situation. So why not? Why not? <laughs> I'm going to all. Uh, so yeah, keep making new ones. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got you new one. Well, not just 
Um, that just makes it worse for us, Jonathan. They just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to make a whole set of koi pins. And he's like, no, you're not. Why? <laughs> not Don't if worry I keep about making it. more. Yeah. I'm going to have to hire somebody to buy all of my blanks in the next blank drop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> tech company that can hack in. <laughs> just get them all right off the bat. It's like a day trader's got well, talk to shortcuts. talk to Terry from Hawktown. He had the whole situation like set up. He had each web page like preloaded in the browser, so he didn't. Even oh have wow! Product pages. He just hit refresh on the one he needed, and it was ready to go. Oh my god! <laughs> he had the he had a situation <laughs> set up. You know, there's nothing I can do about that. But, I mean, he put in the effort. <laughs> Well, that, that definitely panned out for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I see stuff often. Wow. I got a good chunk. I mean, I'm not, I'm not upset with what I got. And you know, in all reality, it's, it's Jonathan Brooks. Let's be real. Uh, all of this stuff is great. So I, I appreciate that. I try. Well, yeah. You're the OG man, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I am the old guy. <laughs> you've, uh, you've been around. And it shows. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset with what I ended up with from that pen drop for sure. The blank drop. Appreciate no pastel. So I'm going to put that out. <laughs> I did not get any pastel um, on purpose because, you know, my life is stressful enough. And uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> There's just there's you're not alone in that. No, it's, you're it's, not. A beautiful, it's a beautiful you're material, uh, and it's highly coveted. Um, and it's just uh, there's just a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff going on with that. Yeah, there's right a lot going on with that. I, thought, I was hoping it would have kind of died off a lot sooner than it than this, but oh, no, it's still there. And, and no, I still am not going to make any more of it. <laughs> That's not going to change. That will not oh, be changing. You know, uh, there are a lot of really, really, really awesome materials um, out there. And, and when one is going to be limited or one is going to be short-lived, um, it definitely sets a different stage for the next yeah. few months afterward. Yeah, that's something I didn't think about <laughs> when, when it all came down but but what's wrong no you didn't did what's you? wrong with that it means you made a cool material that everybody really likes you know I accidentally made a cool material that everybody likes but well me. yeah even yeah. though i did buy a pen in that material so i guess i am a hypocrite for that <laughs> i got it for nostalgic reasons <laughs> i'm surprised <laughs> So you want to remember that? Right. <laughs> I, I was supporting John Tello at the time, so I, it didn't bother me. Right. Well, they, okay. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, Jay, I didn't make myself one out of it. I was going to say. Well, oh, yeah, okay. That's a different situation. No, yeah, that'll just be. Yeah. <laughs> That's what okay. I thought you were saying. <laughs> so, Jake, no. relive the torture. What is a uh, what is a as as kind of a a newer bird you know a newer pin maker as well? What is something some bit of wisdom some tidbit that you would pass on to a new maker? Uh, run run away or uh, <laughs> no no what a great community to get in yeah if I haven't made that clear I, I hope that that I do you know what a great community to to mm. get involved with and. Uh, you know, if you're into it, you know, what a great thing to do. Um, 
I don't think there's a more supportive community out there uh, than than I've run into with the pen community, which has been fantastic. Um, wisdom, I would I would say, you know, to if you're getting started into doing this, just to, to ask questions, uh, ask makers. Uh, don't be afraid to don't don't feel like you're imposing on anyone. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions because it's going to make you a better maker. It's going to make your experience better, easier, you know, in, in all reality. Um, and, and I've not run into a, you know, I'm like, well, what source can happen? They can say, you know, well, that's proprietary. I don't want to discuss it or whatever, you know, like, okay, you know, and, and that's fine. Um, but I've not, I've not had anyone say that. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to steal designs or anything like that or, or processes, but you know, it's, it's a community that seems to be centered around growth um, and support. And uh, it's, it's been great. And I've asked, you know, I've, I've asked pretty much, you know, every maker I've come across uh, a question about their process or, you know, whatever they do, you know, I feel like every maker does something really well. And, and if I, if I can get even a hint of what they're doing, um, you know, it's going to make me a better maker and, and ultimately yeah, if I if I I feel like I, I have the mentality that if uh, I try new things and I become a better maker, it pushes everyone else to try new things and, mm-hmm. and be better makers. And I think that's going to be beneficial for the community in general. So, if we can have a community full of makers that do that, then we'll all be better off for it. So, ask questions. Don't be afraid. Uh, I mean, I've asked like you know, like, like I said, I asked uh, Jonathan about he helped me out with my matte finish process and yeah. Jason helped me out quite a bit with my buffing process and then he changed his buffing process <laughs> and then he changed his buffing process. Yeah. And then he went back to his original buffing process. He changed <laughs> probably it changed it again. <laughs> He's changed it since then. Uh, no, I, I, and I actually still, you know, I still use um, uh, the, the original process that he, that he gave to me and it nice. works for me. And, Good um, deal. I, I, I really, really appreciate the support and, uh, and help that I've gotten from you guys and, and all the makers that I've have reached out to Alan. It was a huge help, um, in the beginning. So, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, the other, yeah, the other thing that I would say is, uh, to just make sure you get what you want from it. You know, it's, uh, if you want it to be a hobby that gets you a little extra cash here and there, you know, like, great, do that. Uh, if you want it to be a business, then treat it as such. Um, I I made the mistake of getting in way over my head with commissions. Uh, <laughs> That's an easy, you know, easy and often made that mistake. Yeah, you know, you know and I, oh, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, and it, yeah, it's a common thing that I hear in the industry. And um, you know, I, I I have a I have a job. This is a, a part time thing for me. Um, it, it's a hobby that you know helps me have some fun with my family. Uh, helps you know have some support me financially, so you know we can do fun things every now and then, and, and that's great. Uh, and it's a it's a hobby that supports itself financially, and, and you know it helps me keep growing and expanding what I'm doing. Um, but you know, it, it, there's a fine line between it being a hobby and then feeling like a job. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, and I feel like that's that's kind of kind of got to that point where you know I felt like if I was giving people a realistic timeline with commissions, um, that it would be okay. You know, and and then 
you know, three months out turned into four months out and six months out and then winter hit yeah. and just completely shut me down yeah. pretty much, uh, which was, it was my first winter making, uh, kitless pens and it does, yeah, uh, things are different. Does, does <laughs> yeah, uh, it, yeah. it completely changes your finishing process. And, uh, that was, was a huge learning experience for me, but you know, um, I would, I would say, it's great. And, and I, I, I have not had a single person that's had a commission with me. They've been waiting a long time at this point uh, and not one person has been impatient. So it's been, it's been a great experience <laughs> and my, and my, my commissions have been awesome and super patient, which has been fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, that's yeah. really, uh, really cool, man. Yeah. I've that not had really, person. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've not had one person that has been, you know, uh, really been out of shape about it. And everybody's been really understanding. Um, it's, it's new to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, that, uh, winter, um, was completely unexpected. The winter before that I was turning kit pens and not really selling any. So it wasn't, there was no pressure to get out and make pens on really cold days. Um, right. a list of commissions of, to people that you've said, this is going to be done at this time. You know, there's definitely, I put a lot of pressure on myself to get that done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I fell behind, uh, and my quality of work, I didn't feel like was where I wanted it to be. Um, and it was, or it was taking me a really long time to get, you know, it'd take me a week to get one pen done uh, mm-hmm. to the point where I felt comfortable sending it to somebody. And it wasn't, it just wasn't healthy for me. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, I would make sure that again, um, be conscientious of that. And, uh, it's okay, um, to tell people no, <laughs> to say, <laughs> well, like, Hey, that is, I have availability. That you know, is something very that is hard, difficult to do is the yeah. saying no, because yeah. they want something you're creating and you love creating it. And the last thing you want to do is tell somebody, no, I don't want to make that right now. Yeah. Or no, I can't make that right now. I can't make it for you know months down the road. And it's so difficult to stick to that mantra of I only have so much time. I know what my time is because yeah. in the beginning, you don't know what your time is. You don't know, you know, yeah, you can, you, you made this pen in X amount of time, but that doesn't mean you're going to make the next five in that same amount of time yeah. or, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a problem I still have today with my commission lists and things like that. Uh, the blue and yellow pen I just posted a day or two ago, that commission was two and a half years old. I want to say. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we, we went back and forth on the design a bunch of times and the, it's ended up being nothing like what we originally planned. The plan was to do a decal on the cap. And then I airbrush clear coat on it. And no matter what I did, something just kept failing over and over. And I'd have to remake and remake and remake. And even though I used the same dye and pigments to make the material, at one point the cap didn't match the body and I didn't have any more of the originals. I had to remake the body and oh, it had, it had uh, segmented pieces into it. And it was just, it took forever and he was very patient and, He's ecstatic that it's done, as am I. (laughs) (laughs) And it gets mailed out tomorrow, and that's the end of it. And then he gets to enjoy it from 
you know, here on out and, you know, so yeah, it, it's, you know, regulating your time and being honest with yourself. It's very difficult because like you said, we want to make, and we don't want to say no. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the most validating thing as a pen maker to have people reach out and ask you for a pen, you know? I mean, I, yeah. think, oh, I remember yeah. my first commission and I was like, that's wild. You know, that's people like my stuff enough to, you know, want me to start making it. And then it's, they just get rolling in <laughs> and I couldn't say no, you know, I couldn't say no for a while. And again, I felt like if I gave them a, a timeline that that'd be okay. And things happen. Yeah. And then setbacks happen. And uh, fortunately, like I said, everybody's been super patient, but um, expect the unexpected when it comes to that, you know, and then don't make promises you can't keep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Or be also, I mean, communicative of the setbacks and, yeah, you know, people yeah. are going to be understanding. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like I said, everyone has been fantastic through that process. And I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate every, I appreciate every commission that I get and everybody that reaches out to me, even if I can't accommodate them, I, I appreciate that more than anything. People reaching out to me and asking me for a pen. It's, uh, I mean, it really validates what I do. And, and I would, I would think any pen maker does. So, uh, and I'm the last <laughs> piece of wisdom I would, I would want to give to new pen makers is to try new things. Um, don't get caught up in this is how I, I was taught to make a pen. So this is how I make a pen, you know, mm-hmm. don't That's be afraid. So to, perfect. Don't, yeah. don't be afraid to try new things or push boundaries, um, you know, and really push, you know, like push the boundaries of what a fountain pen can be. Uh, or, I think, or where the threads go and which side gets the male threads, which side gets exactly. the female threads. Yeah. yeah. Cause um, what you're doing right now is, awesome with the way you're flipping the traditional way of threading everything into where you don't have any exposed threads. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that's just on certain models though, correct? If I'm not mistaken, or is that now being incorporated all the way around? Uh, so far that's certain models. I'll say okay. so far I did your mermaid tears. One that I just posted right. uh, is a prototype where all of the threads are hidden. So yeah. that might be, uh, I'm going to see where that's, I've got some tools <laughs> on order um, <laughs> to see if I can refine that a little bit, make that a little bit more feasible um, to do more consistently. But uh, that's kind of what my thought process is right now. Um, but you also can't do that with a hooded cap. So that's, Right. You kind of have to pick your, pick your placements and things like that. Yeah. And that leads me to a a technical question that feel free to do the whole preparatory. I don't want to answer, you know, you can, you can just (laughs) do this and I'll, and I'll stop mid sentence if you like. Um, But it's with the, the hooded sections (laughs) and it's, my question is going to be very simple. Which which comes first, the the nib in the in the section and then the cut, or the cut and then the nib into the section? The yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the chicken and the egg. Well, <laughs> let, me, let me mull this over for a second. My my proprietary information. No, yeah, I'm please not, consult yeah. with your uh, copyright lawyer. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm waiting for the the permits to come back on that one. Um, 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I, again, I've not run into a maker that has said, I'm sorry, that that's proprietary. So, you know, if anyone wants to know how I do anything, they're more than welcome to ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, fortunately, again, we're in a community to where, you know, just flat out stealing pen designs is relatively frowned upon. So I'm not, I'm not generally concerned about relatively. it, but the nip comes yeah <laughs> well i mean it's a multifaceted world we live in oh. the way that we make our pens so so but we were what? talking pre-show brad was showing off the pen and i was like i wonder which one came first so to keep the flat of the nib facing up with the apex of the curve of the angle here in the curve mm. do you cut that afterward or do you cut that before? yes That's... i cut that afterward the nib comes first Okay. Um, wow. Now the the tricky part about that is that uh, pre Yovo issue and post Yovo issue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, different threads, you know, and and you, no no nib lines up the same way. Yeah. Uh, I so you'll have you know it's not it's not a traditional fountain pen uh, where you're you're screwing it in and it doesn't really matter where the, the nib lands. Um, right. and my beta model, uh, it doesn't matter with my beta model. It doesn't, you know, it'll, wherever it falls, it's totally fine. It's not hooded like that. Um, but yeah, those, the, the rest of my models is, <laughs> it's tricky, you know, and I, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've run into the issue to where I've fit it with a nib, uh, just kind of my my fitting nib, I'll say, mm-hmm. and then I go to put it with its final nib, and it doesn't line up the same. Uh, and I've got a- I've had that happen with some Arushi designs of mine, where I, you know, my my test nib, it, I you know, I put it in, and then I draw the design on the body because the body because it's supposed to line up with the nib, and I take the tester out, and then I put in the the customer's nib, and nope. Oh. So, I'll just, so then I just play around. I'll take out that nib, put in the next and see where it lines up. <laughs> and, you you know, you check like five or six nibs before you, you thankfully come up with one that's close yep. and you just don't over torque it in there a little yeah. bit. And- <laughs> well, yeah, that's been the other thing is, yeah, it's uh, you know, how do you keep it lined, but lined up if you're swapping out housings and things like that, you know, uh, I've got exactly that and, and how that works and, it's a, you know, my, my process is continuously being modified. I will say, uh, and I'm more than happy, like anyone would be, um, to, to take that pen back and, and refit, uh, you know, do whatever I need to do to make sure that, that whatever nib you want to use in there works. Yeah. Uh, in most cases I can get new material, even if I need to, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, that's the other thing, you know, is, uh, when you, my, my sections, um, to get into some technical specs, uh, I use 45 millimeters of material. I would say it's like double the normal length. Right. Yeah. And then you get into a hooded cap. I mean, I'm, I'm using minimum 60 millimeters of material for that. So my tolerances get pretty tight uh, <laughs> on these blanks. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's another tricky Tricky I've thing been to told. Learning that, <laughs> which, yeah, hey man, I'm not going to ask you to start making 12 inch blanks. Don't worry, don't worry. I can, I can make a hooded pen out of a Brooks eight inch blank. I can do it. And most, wow. most, most, most brand blanks are of the same length. You know, uh, I know, I know James yeah. and this, and which is great. I mean, it's great to have another two inches just in case mm-hmm. something goes wrong. <laughs> um, but I can do it with shorter blanks. 
it's just it's just a little bit more nerve wracking is all. So. <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, one uh, I don't know if I want to call it a trick or or what that might be beneficial with the hooded sections as far as alignment and such is have you looked in looked into the flexible nib factory ebonite feed in housings because they're not keyed therefore the nib can be put in any position and you don't have to worry about where the threads place you i have some uh, and i'm playing around with that it's just i would have to modify the nib housing in order to get it into the inset part of the of the uh, section housing you can talk with um oh crap um 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 um, um his name just escaped the guy my brain. Flexible Joey, Joey, <laughs> Joey, Joey. Um, if you talk with Joey, he made me some that he cuts two small notches on, yeah. uh, into the side and you can use the screwdriver to, to remove <laughs> and, and, and place back in. I, yeah, it's definitely something I'm considering. There would be a, a significant cost increase. <laughs> to uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. being um, around $30 a piece. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that costs is... more than I'm paying for my stuff now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I have some, um, you know, Alan uh, at on was nice enough to send me a couple, sell me a couple uh, at, at a cost. Uh, so I've got some to play with. Um, that's also some feedback that I've received from my Mark Bacchus. Okay. Um, he's tuned. Uh, yeah, I think he just got done tuning uh, one of my sections for somebody. Um, so that's that's definitely something I'm looking into for sure. And then I think okay. Brad suggested it, me integrating a tool into my pens <laughs> to be able to unscrew something. Hey, like that'd that. be cool. So that's hey, you know, sky's the limit. You know, you could do like a little uh, specifically turned finial. That's like almost uh, the same shape as the housing. You just you know place it in there. And well, I was thinking the cap, thread. the cap could be made just a little bit longer, and then just a little notch in there where you can flip the cap over and. You never know. You never know. Necessity can be the mother of invention, right? That's yeah. I've said that many many times. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, my uh, design are always evolving and and processes and things. So for sure, awesome. I love getting uh, people too and being able to talk to other makers about my stuff. So right. oh yeah, um, you touched on this a little bit already. Uh, but just for the the fans at home, do you have plans on doing any pen shows in the future? I do. I'll be at DC is the plan now because I want to meet everybody. Awesome. As a vendor or attending? No, uh, just as an attendee. I okay. do not have any plans to be as a vendor uh, for the near future, at least. Okay. I just don't have the time to produce the number so, of pens that I would need to do that. Yeah. On. It only it, takes a it's week. A, <laughs> <laughs> it takes one week of 18 hour days. It only takes a week. A decent inventory. Oh, I, I'm, I'm mad enough already. <laughs> I don't think that I need to be pushed anymore. Um, you know, and, and we'll see uh, if my wife can get some, some buffing going on and we can get a bit of a production line going. My, my commission process will change. Um, once I'm caught up on, I think I've got 10 or 15 left to finish up. And then 
Uh, I'm going to be announcing some changes with my commission process that will hopefully free up some additional time for me to do whatever I want. Um, you know, I'm, I'm taking a lot of what Brad's doing in terms of batching out pens and, yeah. uh, and trying to think about how I can make my processes more efficient. Um, so that may, that might be a, a possible reality in the future, but right now I just don't have the time. So I'll be there as an attendee. And I tried, I love going to pen shows. And like I said, I love talking to people. Um, Bring a few pens with you. We can always just throw them out on a table. And yeah. I, I, I went to the Chicago pen show yeah. last year, met quite a few people there. Um, and I had some of my pens, none for sale, but and just, to, you know, people, I mean, people want to see them. Oh, so. you show them off enough and then yeah. they'll, they'll quickly be asked if they're for sale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the way it always long. works. Yeah. Well, usually, yeah. usually the, the, again, the pens that I have here or with me usually are like my my rejects, you know, um, for whatever reason, uh, defect in material, defect in, you know, cap cracks for whatever reason or small things. Um, so right. it's pretty easy for me to say no because I, I don't want that in somebody's hands. Yeah. Um, Can't argue with that. <laughs> so it's, it's a, you can see the design. And, you know, and, I, and I'm pretty critical when it comes to what I'll put out there. So a lot of the things people would be like, I don't, I can't see what you're talking about at all. Um, yeah. But if I can, if uh, I bought one of those um, magnifying lamps, don't, don't do that. <laughs> oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I have one right I beside the lathe. Another pen. It's right beside <laughs> the lathe. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing everything short of getting a loop out and looking at that thing. Um, oh. Make sure that there's nothing. You know, I don't want, I don't want it. I don't want somebody <laughs> seeing it in sunlight and being like, there's a scratch there, you know, cause you'll never unsee that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, once you, once you notice it, it's, it, you know, it's there. Yeah. And, you know, doing that with the demonstrator is maddening, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I try, you know, and I put a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of time into doing a demonstrator, but, yep. Um, but yeah, so that, I, I, right now, I, mean, I love going to shows. And I love meeting people and talking to people. And yeah, I'll, I'll bring pens and show them off. Um, being a vendor is a, I've been doing it for a year. You know, uh, I definitely want to get some things under my belt before I, I go crazy at shows. There's definite pros and cons yeah. to being a vendor at a show. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you just come hang out with us. I mean, that's another cool thing about the shows too. Just come hang oh, yeah. out yeah. for a while and we we'll all be in the cool kids room over here, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, we're all most of the day we're talking trash and sharing tips, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, uh, we're always pranks on each other money. and yeah. 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 I mean, I'm looking forward to that and meeting everybody in DC. There's, you know, it's, it's nice to see some people, you know, Sean Newton is getting out to more, more shows this year it seems like yeah um, missed him in it, chicago sadly yeah uh, he'll be in chicago next weekend yeah i was yeah i was in chicago this weekend I was, i'm tied up next weekend and i i've told the the people who do the the pin makers gathering the need to change the weekend to do to be the same as the chicago pin show that way you know people people like us that want to be able to do both can there's yeah there's <laughs> definitely enough space um to do both. I mean, they didn't, they oh, weren't yeah. using that much space. They were using, I mean, it was, I didn't know what to expect from that. I wanted to go. Um, James from the Pensman said he was going and I, you know, said, why not? It's not that far from me. Yeah. Let's say it's not that bad of a drive. 
uh, they were, you know, they were doing some demos that my, my wife was interested in and, and I was interested in. So we went, um, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a pen show, but no, no, no. you know, it was, uh, they could easily put that in a boardroom and a couple more boardrooms for, uh, the demos and, and the, yeah, run it in conjunction with the pen show. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Something like that would be awesome. Yeah. Except then that all the makers are going to want to skip out and start taking the demos. <laughs> yep. Right. So then you're going to run into a bit of an <laughs> But. <laughs> oh, man. That uh, was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But yeah, sad. I, I, unfortunately, it, you know, it wasn't a pen show and I didn't, there weren't a lot of makers there for kitless pens. You know, that, that's how it's going to happen. The shows are different. Different cities are different. And uh, so, you know, I, we know that the pin show as a vendor may not be the next thing in line for you as a company and for mad science pens, but what, what, what is up next for you? What, what, what do you have on your horizon? Uh, well, you know, um, well, uh, speaking of casting, uh, <laughs> <laughs> finally so. someone else to pick on tonight. Jeez. Can't pick on our guests. That's just uh, not right. Uh, yeah. Dang yeah. it. Well, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's hear him out first. No. <laughs> uh, we, we, you know, it, there, there are a lot of, of, uh, people out there that do pens and, and casting. Um, and it's something I, I honestly, when I started this whole thing was more interested in casting than I was making pens. Hmm. Uh, the stuff that I was watching on YouTube was all casting. Um, there's not a lot about making pens, uh, on there, uh, yeah. from what I see, um, at that time anyway. So I was, I was really interested in the casting side of things and, and expressing my creativity and, and stuff through that. So that's always kind of been in the back of my mind, along with my lathe, my, uh, my mom brought over some, uh, you know, she brought over a, a pressure uh, pot and everything and uh, the air compressor and everything I would need for casting. Um, well, there you go. So I have it. Um, and it's been, it's, you know, again, with the temperature stuff, that's been an issue. And, uh, and just, mm-hmm. I, I get kind of tied up yeah. in making things. Um, but my wife has expressed interest in doing the casting side of things. Um, she's also a very creative, wonderful woman. Um, and, uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see we're, we're definitely, we're going to try, uh, and, um, we'll see where that goes. So, uh, awesome. look at, we'll definitely do wait yeah. for the warmer weather. Cause you're, you're going to have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to have, you're going to have demos. curing issues. Otherwise. Yeah. That was one of the demos that was there, uh, at, at the get the gap pen turns gathering. That's one of the reasons we went, uh, was so that she could take that demo uh, okay. a little bit more about casting and stuff. Oh. And, uh so yeah we'll see how that goes um but yeah uh, that's that's down the road um and again yeah just like jason said nothing that nothing major <laughs> oh i was i just like giving them a hard time no <laughs> it's, it truly is the natural progression i mean most people want to progress to making their own materials because it is the next identifier in what you're making. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, especially with what you're making right now, Jake, with, with your hood and nibs and, and cutaways and things like that, you have a signature that you are already known for throw in your own materials on top of that. And it's just icing on the cake. It's a story 
that people are going to want to buy into. So yeah, it's the natural progression. And then what Jason's doing, a completely different story. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm just playing. I'm excited to see what, what you do as well. Now is Kelsey going to be helping out with this thing? Cause she is the artist of the, of the lot. Yeah. Or we've talked a bit about that. of Like even getting into, she's done uh, greeting cards and stuff as well. Okay. And so being able to whatever color palette she's got with that particular set, mixing a custom batch that then goes into a pen that becomes part of it. Okay. Um, you know, inspired by some of her paintings, I think for sure. Um, I don't think she would, well, I haven't asked. I don't think she would want to do the casting part. Um, <laughs> just because there's so much that goes into it. And she just likes to jump in and start something and go. Record um, yourself then. If that's the case, just put the little <laughs> boom camera above and just uh, talk out loud as you're doing it saying, hey, I'm using this powder, this powder, this pigment. Yeah, And that way you can go back and the Mr. Detail can go down and, and write the recipes to be used at a later date and time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. I, I will say that it's kind of Jonathan's fault. Uh, that, that, that was in my head, you know, because it, it was really because of that uh, Fig Boot on Pens episode where you were casting. And I was just like, it's when it I demolded like everything, right? When I shot the rods in the air and caught them. <laughs> that's what everybody that's tells so me. That cool. made me want to get into it. Yeah. I was like, oh, everybody that tells me that. Like, that's that was so cool. That's what made me want to start casting. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see the holes in the ceiling like, like I do. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, the thing about it for me was that you were doing it off of a picture that he gave you. Mm. And, you know, and again, we're a, a very outdoorsy family. and you see some beautiful things when you're traveling and, oh, yeah. and that what a huge inspiration nature is. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought that, man, that'd be so cool. We've seen such, such beautiful things and to take that as inspiration and kind of make a, I was actually planning on doing that behind the nostalgic concepts, uh, thing was kind of okay. tying it to memory and then things like that. But, um, taking nature as an inspiration for pen blanks and stuff, uh, I thought would be pretty cool. So, probably not what i'm going to do now um to at least to any major extent but that's what really inspired me to to start thinking about casting was watching that and thinking (laughs) you know i I could probably i've got the stuff you know (laughs) right i could probably make that work um so yeah watching that one made me say man that looks like a lot more work (laughs) <laughs> right i think i'll just keep throwing money at people yeah. <laughs> just keep throwing money at people it's a lot of yeah. work if you make you know four or so for yourself it's not that it doesn't get that cumbersome when you make 12 of something you're like okay i made two pins out of this i have 10 rods left am i ever going to make any more of this I don't know. Let me put them in a bin for later. And then the, the one bin turns into two bins, turns into three bins. And next thing you know, you have a website sale. Yeah. <laughs> and then wow. it never stops. Right. Well, looking <laughs> at the time, I know it always gets to this point in the evening. I wish we could keep going forever and just talk pens all day, every day. Um, but unfortunately, things get in the way, don't they? Like 
bedtime and work and life and things like that. <laughs> so uh, we would like to thank you, Jake, for coming on with us. It's been a it's been a great time. We've we've had a we've had a great time learning the background of the company. What's next? What's going on? How you're thinking about everything? Where you're coming up with all this good stuff? We'd like we'd like to say thank you for coming on. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Jake. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> And we uh, we 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 look forward to seeing what you're going to come out with as well. Um, the 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 new things and you know, <laughs> new versions of old things, right? Yeah, and, well, yeah. That's beta three <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I've been turning that that Max Pro idea. Around. There you go. There you yeah. go. Uh, yeah, I might just have to get out in the garage tonight. And- Nice. <laughs> that's when it happens, man. Somebody says something and it just sticks in your sticks in your brain. You you can't get rid of it. So that's yep. exactly, that's exactly it. So that's tell all of our uh, tell all of our all of our listeners where they can find you and do a better job than Jason does typically. Where they can find me. I'm pretty much just on. <laughs> I'm pretty much just on Instagram uh, at Mad Science Pen Company. That's about it. Man, that makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Man. Yeah. 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 No Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> nothing, nothing else going on. That just makes it so much easier. So, well, we'll do the round robin here. Jonathan, go for it. Uh, you can find me at carolinapinkcompany.com and Carolina Pink Company on Instagram. Easy peasy. Jason. You can find me on Instagram, Jason Neil Penworks. And website is jasonneilpenworks.com. Man, it just makes it easy. If you're interested in anything from the Mythic Pen Company, of course, I'm Mythic Pens on Instagram. If you'd like to email me an info at info, info at. See, now I'm doing it. <sighs> I've Arma. passed the torch. It's karma. That's all it is. So uh, if you'd like to email me, it's info, I-N-F-O at mythicpens.com. My website is over at mythicpens.com. Dot com of course if you need any information about our podcast we are thepinturns.com you can email us at thepinturns at gmail.com or see us on instagram at the pin turns not at the pin you know at symbol the pin turns so uh again jake thanks for coming on man We're, we really appreciate you taking time out of your evening to do this uh you know all of our listeners are going to enjoy i think they're going to have a good time I'm saying this at the end of it after they have already had their good time. It's kind of odd, but you know, (laughs) it's still two days before it's released, but it's still after they've listened to it at the same time. So it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting time paradox we have going on here. Oh man. A little presumptuous, but you know, we're confident. Hey, you know, (laughs) it's a prediction. It's a prediction. That's all it is. Um, So (laughs) just make sure you put, a web link to Jason doing his rave dancing. That's all I ask. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll link it. We will link it. That's got to be a like front page of the website on the newsletter. Everything. Oh man. <laughs> so on that mean. note, from everybody here, and as the pin turns, I'm Brad. I'm Jason. I'm Jonathan. And we also had Jake. So y'all have a good night. Everybody, be well, be safe, and we will uh, we'll be back soon. Right on. <laughs> <Nailed it>! <laughs> <laughs>